great to, to be here and to share in what I think is the most exciting part of the Elijah story this week. But before, uh, you've already had some sweets, but you know, we're going to ply you with more sweets. If you can answer, if you're under the age of 18, that is, sorry. Yeah, sorry adults, but uh, uh, it's not for you. Uh, and not even if you think you're mentally under the age of 18 as well. Yeah, sorry, Ken. Sorry. But uh, if you can tell me what happened to Elijah last week, then you can get a, I'll give you a sweet. Anyone? Any hands up for what happened to Elijah last week? They're all too tired. They've all got, oh, yes, back there, Jed. He saved that little widow's son. Yes, yes. Do you want to come and grab a seat? A sweet, yes. Well done. Anything else can people remember? Oh, Jacob, I suppose you're... No, you weren't here, were you? <laughs> Go on, then. What were... Oh, you're scratching your head. Okay. <laughs> and you're 18. You're kind of a... Any other things that people can remember in the Elijah story? Oh, Sam. Oh, the flower for the widow didn't run out. Yes, as well. Now, what's, what's happened a lot this week in the, in, in the sky and things like that? And what happened in the story? It didn't rain, yes. Yeah, uh, we'll give that to one of the, the, uh, one of the joys. There we go. All right, we'll leave it there. We'll leave it there. Okay, okay. Great. So, as I said, as this is, I think, probably one of the most um, entertaining <laughs> narratives in the Bible, I'm actually just going to spend a lot of time reading it to you, and then um, I'll stop and uh, give some thoughts on some of the bits that we have read. I'm reading it in the Good News Version. It should appear on the screen behind me. But for the first two paragraphs, uh, at least, can I encourage you that if... The name is in blue, I want you to cheer. And if the name is in red, then I want you to boo. Can I hear a cheer? Very good. And a boo? Okay, good, good. Okay, so let's, let's get on with the story. As I say, it's a great, great story. After some time, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah... Go and present yourself to King Ahab, and I will send rain. So Elijah started out. The famine in Samaria was at its worst. So Ahab called in Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devout worshipper of the Lord. And when Jezebel was killing the Lord's prophets, Obadiah took a hundred of them and hid them in caves in two groups of 50 and provided them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, you're good at this, let us go and look at every spring and every stream bed in the land to see if we can find enough grass to keep the horses and mules alive. Maybe we won't have to kill any of the animals. They agreed on which part of the land each one would explore and set off in different directions. As Obadiah 
was on his way, he suddenly met Elijah. He recognized him, bowed low before him and asked, is it really you, sir? Yes, I am Elijah. Okay, I think that, 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 that would do for this bit. You can do some more in a minute. He answered, go and tell your master, the king, that I am here. Obadiah answered, what have I done that you want to put me in danger of being killed by King Ahab, by the living Lord, your God? I swear that the king has made search for you in every country in the world. And whenever the ruler of the country reported that you were not in his country, Ahab would require the ruler to swear that you could not be found. And now you want me to go and tell him that you are here? What if the Spirit of the Lord carries you off to some unknown place as soon as I leave? Then when I tell Ahab that you are here and I can't find you, he will put me to death. Remember, remember that I have been a devout worshipper of the Lord ever since I was a boy. Haven't you heard that when Jezebel was killing the prophets of the Lord, I hid a hundred of them in caves, in two groups of 50, and supplied them with food and water. So how can you order me to go and tell the king that you are here? He will kill me. Elijah answered, by the living Lord Almighty, whom I serve, or as the title of our series says, and as it says in other translations, before whom I stand. I promise that I will present myself to the king today. So Obadiah went to King Ahab and told him, and Ahab set off to meet Elijah. Now Obadiah is a hero in this story who often goes unnoticed. He's an unsung hero of this story. And actually, in reality, he is one that you and I can more readily identify with and identify our lives with. He loved God, and he was trying to serve God, even though the king and everyone else around him was not serving God. More than that, he risked his own life to live for God and to look after and provide for, even at his own expense, for a hundred of God's people. Obadiah reminds us of Jesus as well, who not only risked his life for God's people, but gave his life for God's people, to take on himself their sins and God's righteous judgment against that sin on the cross so that he could provide us with something far more valuable than just food and water that affect us in this life only. Jesus' death and resurrection provides us with eternal life. It provides us with forgiveness. It provides us with his righteousness and the Holy Spirit's help. He comes and lives inside us and helps us to live for God for the rest of our lives. And through Jesus and by the help of his Holy Spirit living inside of you and living inside of me, he calls us to be like Obadiah, this unsung hero 
in the story. He calls us to be devout worshippers of God. He calls us to look to extend his kingdom here on earth in the everyday, in the ordinary of our lives, in ways that often go unnoticed. You know, you could easily skip over Obadiah in this story. Often the things that we do for God can go unnoticed. But God never ignores what we do for him. He never doesn't notice what we do. He sees all, and he will reward us, the Bible says, even for a cup of cold water that we give to somebody in his name. Okay, on with the story. And again, just to get you back into it, for the next first two, chat, first two paragraphs, let's, uh, let's cheer and let's boo when we, to get you in, uh, ready for the different typecasts. Okay, when Ahab saw him, he said, so there you are, the worst troublemaker in Israel. I'm not a troublemaker, Elijah answered. You are, you and your father. You are disobeying the Lord's commands and worshipping the idols of Baal. Now order the people of Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel bringing along the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the goddess Asherah. That's good booing there. Who are supported by Queen Jezebel. Very good. So Ahab summoned all the Israelites with the prophets of Baal to meet at Mount Carmel. Elijah went up to the people and said, How much longer... Will it take you to make up your minds? If the Lord is God, worship him. But if Baal is God, worship him. But the people didn't say a word. Then Elijah said, I am the only prophet of the Lord still left, but there are 450 prophets of Baal. Bring two balls. And let the people, uh, the prophets of Baal, take one, kill it, cut it into pieces, and put it on the wood. But don't let, don't light the fire. I will do the same with the other bull. Then let the prophets of Baal pray to their God, and I will pray to the Lord. And the one who answers by fire, he is the Lord. And the people shouted their approval. Very good, very good. Okay. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, It's all right, you can, you can, you can stop now, it's all right. <laughs> Since there are so many of you, you take the ball and prepare it first. Pray to your God, but don't set fire to it, uh, to the wood. They took the ball, let's uh, remove the cloth. Ooh. This is the best sort of a pagan altar we could get at short, <laughs> short notice there, okay? Okay. They took the ball that was brought to them, prepared it, and prayed to Baal until noon. They shouted, answer us, Baal, and kept dancing. I don't know if they are dad dancing or whatever they were doing, but they were dancing around the altar that they had built, but no answer came. You can see it's a great, it's a great story, isn't it? It's a great tr- true story as well. At noon, Elijah 
started making fun of them. Pray louder. He is a god. Maybe he's daydreaming. Or maybe he's relieving himself. Now, children, listen, listen. When the Bible says relieving itself, what it means is he's having a poo. <laughs> Did you like that? that? That was recorded to you from New Day, that was. Shall we hear it again? Let's listen. There you go. That's what it means when it says relieving himself. Or perhaps he's gone off on a trip. Or maybe he's sleeping. And you've got to wake him up. So the prophets prayed louder and they cut themselves with knives and daggers according to their ritual until the blood started to flow. They kept on ranting and raving I'm not sure if that's, you know, like, but uh, maybe, until the middle of the afternoon, but no answer came. No sound was heard. Then Elijah said to the people, come closer to me. And they all gathered around him. He set about repairing the altar of the Lord. Now, at no expense spared, I'll set about repairing the altar of the Lord. These represent stones, by the way, and, and wood and hay and all that sort of thing that went, that went on there. They said about repairing the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes, 12 tribes named for the sons of Jacob, the man whom the Lord had given the name Israel. He was reminding them of their history, even though it was only 57 years since Solomon was on the throne. They had forgotten who they are. With these stones, he rebuilt the altar for worship of the Lord. He dug a trench around it, large enough to hold about four gallons of water. Remember, it hadn't rained for years, so water was a precious commodity. He said, fill your jars with water and pour it on the offering and the wood. And they did so. He said, do it again. And they did so. Do it once more, he said. And they did. And the water ran down around the altar and filled the trench. Now, I did hear of somebody in this church who did this with, uh, uh, when they did that, they did it with white spirit. And they, they set the fire alarm off and Cottingham, didn't they? But never mind. <laughs> But just in case something goes wrong, we do have our very own fireman here. Luke, should we welcome him? He's going to come down, keep us all safe. I... There you go, Luke. Just in case something goes wrong. I can't let it go off. He's a shame. Yeah, yeah, you can't. <laughs> now, now, if you want to talk to Luke about afterwards, about the dangers of fire, please feel free. Fire safety. He's the man. A little bit dubious, though, because, do you know, his job before he was a fireman was helping people make fires. So, uh, yeah. Yes. There, there we go. There we go. Anyway, you stay there. You stay there. You need to be ready just in case something goes wrong, in case the Lord smites me or something like that. Who, who knows? Uh, 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 at the hour of the afternoon sacrifice... The prophet Elijah approached the altar and prayed, O Lord, the God of Abraham, 
Isaac and Jacob, prove now that you are the God of Israel and that I'm your servant and have done all this at your command. Answer me, Lord, answer me, so that this people will know that you, the Lord, are God and that you are bringing them back to yourself. And the Lord sent fire. There you go. Courtesy of Ello's uh, paper. Thank you. You can sit down now. Yeah. That was brighter than I was expecting. I was a bit worried then. <laughs> uh, the Lord sent down fire and it burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, scorched the earth and dried up the water in the trench. When the people saw this, they threw themselves on the ground and exclaimed, The Lord is God. The Lord alone is God. Elijah ordered, seize the prophets of Baal. Don't let any of them get away. And the people seized them all. And Elijah led them down to Kishon Brook, and he killed them there. Ah, the end of the story. The Lord alone is God. He is the one that we are solely called to worship and to live for with our lives. Now, Elijah is one of the most important Old Testament prophets He helps point us to what Jesus, the Messiah, was going to be like. But also the Bible tells us that he was like you, and he was like me as well, as a man like you and me. So he got things wrong, and he made mistakes. He wasn't perfect, and we'll see more of that next week, in fact. But even in this great victory, one of the the greatest Bible stories that's there, There are hints that the writer wants you and I to pick up on. There are hints of a problem with Elijah. Did you notice in the previous passage that we are told twice that there were a hundred prophets and that Obadiah also was a follower of the Lord as well? And we know, because Obadiah told Elijah, that Elijah knew that. And he also knew, because he said, remember, he knew that Obadiah was a servant of God. The passage is clear that Elijah was aware of this, and it shows that he had two wrong attitudes growing in his heart. They're actually easy for all of us to fall in, because just like he's a man like us, we also people like him as well. And the first is this. Oh, I'm the only one. I'm the odd one out. I don't fit. I'm alone. Just... Uh, yet, Elijah, as I said, had already been told there were 101 other people. He wasn't alone. It wasn't poor little Elijah all alone. Which led to the second problem, which we'll look at more over the weeks, of an attitude that it all depends on me. It's all about me. My friends, Jesus is the one who builds his church. The famous verse that we read at Christmas time, it's the zeal of the Lord that ensures that his kingdom will know no end, that it will continue to, to grow. You're never alone as a Christian. Jesus is always with you. He's given you his Holy Spirit, but he's placed you within a family, the church, the church of the living God. Remember that, my friends. It doesn't depend on you. It depends on God, and he's put you in a family. Well, despite our weaknesses, and we all have them, including Elijah, God 
through the power of the Spirit at work, wants us, he wants you, and he wants me to do great things for him in faith, just like he used Elijah. Elijah, in great faith in God, boldly confronts all the people, including nearly a thousand false prophets who would have been his enemy, who would want him dead, and if God didn't show up, would have killed him. He boldly confronts them. And my friends, God has good works, which he wants you to, in faith, walk in, to see his kingdom advance in your school, in your college, in your workplace, in your street, in your family, in your town, in this country, and even in the world as well. And it takes brave faith, like Elijah, to step out and trust God, to choose to speak to people about Jesus, to choose to live differently when everyone else around you is, is uh, living for the world and living for themselves. To see the fire of God fall down upon those around you. And by that, I don't mean that. I mean God's power at work through you in their lives, transforming them. God wants to use each of us, despite our weaknesses, to show the world around us that the Lord is God. The Lord alone is God. And God in his goodness hasn't left us alone to represent him to the world. He's placed us in the church to encourage us. And through Jesus, he's given us the Holy Spirit to empower us to live for the Lord before whom we stand. So if you want, actually, can I invite the band back up and we'll just uh, we'll close in just one second with uh, that song that we were singing about yours is the kingdom. But if you want God to fill you afresh with power to do good works that he has called you to do. Can I invite you to stand now and I'll just pray for God's blessing on you. That is if you can stand. Don't worry if you can't. You can stand in your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you that you have not left us alone. Thank you that it doesn't depend on us. Thank you that you said it's better that you go so that you can send the helper, the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Holy Spirit, would you fill each one of us afresh right now, Lord God. I pray, meet with each person in this room, each person watching online, Lord God. Fill us afresh with the power of your Holy Spirit so that we would live for you, that we would do the good works that you have for each one of us to do, Lord God. It may not be like Elijah's. It may be more like Obadiah's, Lord God. But Father, Lord, we want to do the good works that you have. We want to see your kingdom extended in our time, in our day. And Lord God, thank you that you have specific things for each person to do. So Holy Spirit, I pray, fill us afresh. Help us to live for you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.